Welcome to the Daily Boogie. And a welcome it is. Hello there. Thanks for joining us. What an absolute pleasure to see you, my friends. Hope you had a good weekend. I know I did. How the bloody hell are you? something a little different tonight. Stick around, pour yourself a drink, make yourself a snack. Got lots to get through. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper. It's a brand new week. We're back, baby. We're back. We made it. After the free-for-all was tragically cut short in its prime at the three-hour mark. (laughs) Believe it or not. It was so young. It was so young. We had so much more to do. So much more to get through. So that explains tonight's show. Every Thursday when we do the free-for-all, I put out a tweet asking for your submissions and people very generously donate at least three to five seconds of their time to post a link or an article or a video clip or something like that for us to all enjoy together in the wee small hours of the morning, catering specifically to the wolf men and the alcoholics. But unfortunately, uh, we were tragically cut short in our prime like a star athlete, you know, winning the 100-metre dash only to pull a hamstring 10 metres from the finish. Ah, oh, there were tears. A lot of outpouring of emotion in the stands, as, as can only be expected, of course. Such a high-quality program. Not to mention the two or three dropouts that we had during the day as well. Audio going on the blitz. <laughs> Computers seizing up. It was fantastic. It was a fantastic day. So that's what we're doing today. The catch-up, we're going to go over the things that we didn't get to on Thursday. I've stylishly, very cleverly called it a catch-up, but what it really is, is rehashing old news from last week. So, you know, because <laughs> I want to be straight up with you. But thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure. Just a quick reminder, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to rehash some old boogie styles, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. I just want to address a couple of questions in the chat. People asking about the renovations. Yes, the two walls, the, the two suspect walls have been removed. They had to go back to the brickyard. So you'll be pleased to know that there is now ample room for myself and other men at the direct um, order of the women in our lives to bring in wheelbarrows and cart tons and tons and tons of more parts of the house out the front door. No longer do we have to weave around certain walls. With those walls gone, now we can completely gut the place. Or as I've been reliably informed, it's just interior decorating. So don't panic. Sure, walls and <laughs> walls and benches and cabinets and stuff, they're all going to go. But it's just a little bit of a spruce up. 
Nothing to be concerned about. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you updates if I survive the next month or so. And just to that, unfortunately, maybe I should wait till... See, most people would wait until five minutes before they finish a show to tell you bad news, but I'm not like that. I want to tell you bad news right from the outset. I want to set your expectations. I want to put you in the worst possible mood possible. Word possible, mood possible? I want to put you in the worst possible mood immediately and tell you that I'm not going to be able to do a free-for-all this coming Thursday. I know, I know. I know. Some people will be overjoyed with this news. <laughs> I'm sure. At least half of the audience is going, yes. I don't have to sit up for three hours listening to this rando foreigner jabber, jibber jabber on about bullshit. But yes, no free for all this weekend. So I should have waited until, you know, the last show on Wednesday and just as we're saying goodbye. Okay, everyone. Thanks for joining us. By the way, not going to be on tomorrow. See ya. One of those moves. They never see it coming. But no, that's not how we roll. Yeah, I can't I can't do a show on Thursday because the kitchen's going to be getting gutted. So there's going to be people like walking through, traipsing things all through the house, smashing very large hammers into the wall, into the cabinets. So I know, it's just one of those things. But hopefully, fingers crossed, if the house doesn't collapse in on itself in the meantime, the free-for-all should be back a week from Thursday. So thanks so much for joining us. Like I said, we've got plenty to get through. I just wanted to bring up one article very quickly, one little tidbit that I thought we might get some kicks out of before I go to your contributions, ladies and gentlemen. This was from about four days ago from a paper in Australia, uh, the second biggest paper in Sydney, very lefty. I just thought I just wanted to relay how your president is being reported here. <laughs> As you could probably imagine. <laughs> Almost entirely white Red Sox group make Trump White House visit. Should we fire up the shredder? Should we preemptively fire up the shredder for this one? Now you face the shredder. Let's fire this bad boy up. I've got a feeling we're going to shred this bitch. The Boston Red Sox visited the White House on Friday to celebrate last year's World Series baseball victory and take a photo with President Donald Trump. But prominent players of colour rejected the invitation, ladies and gentlemen, leaving the team's delegation almost entirely white. How awful. How awful. Pinochet, thanks for joining us. <laughs> can you just, can you imagine the horror? I can just imagine the conversations that were happening with the security, especially. Mr. President, I don't want to alarm you, but there appears to be a group of white men trying to make their way into the White House. Release the hounds, obviously. What are all these white men doing here? This is very disconcerting. This is very concerning. Where are the blacks? Sir, there are no blacks. They're just white. Oh dear. How awful. Hold me. Half of the team's starting lineup was missing at the White House event. Many of those who skipped the trip, including American League MVP Mookie Betts, didn't offer an explanation or cited other obligations. Isn't that amazing? You get invited to the White House. Hey, Mookie, see you at the White House? Nah. Why not? Eh, I don't want to. <laughs> 
Mickey, don't you want to meet the president? Nah. I got a thing with my buddy who has a thing. He's got some kind of thing. I don't know. There's something. I got a thing. I got a thing, all right? Just leave me alone. You sure you don't want to go to the White House? Nah. Nah. Just give it a miss. <laughs> but some team members tied their decisions to Trump. Oh, dear. Pitcher Hector Velazquez, who grew up in Mexico, told MassLive.com he decided not to go because the president has said a lot of stuff about Mexico. <laughs> Velazquez said he has a lot of fans in Mexico and that he would rather not offend anybody over there. That's news to me. I didn't know the Mexicans were just as easily offended as half of the American population is. Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know if Hector met the president of the United States that there would be people fainting in Mexico? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my Hector. How could you? <laughs> How could you beat that pig? It's awful. It's offensive. You know, I knew Hector when he was young. I didn't think he had it in him. He was such a sweet boy. And then he had to go and meet the president. And hearts, Mexican hearts, were breaking to the sounds of sombreros playing mariachi music. The team's manager, Alex Cora, said he would not attend because of Trump's treatment of Puerto Rico following the devastation caused by Hurricane Maria in 2017. The Red Sox players' absences underscored the social division the president has caused with remarks on race and immigration that many critics say are racist. I think this is the manager here, Alex Cora, who I've never heard of before this. The government has done, you know, some things back home that are great, you know, but uh, as the report said, you know, we still uh, have a long ways to go, yeah. you know, and that's our re reality. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty tough, you know, to go celebrate when we're in, in where we at, you know. Um. Jesus, what a fucking killjoy. We're talking 2017 here, you know. It's a, it's a little too soon. It's a little too soon. I don't really feel like going and celebrating. There's really not much to celebrate here. To which, like, when I heard that, my first thought was, well, why are you fucking playing baseball then? Why don't you go home and st why don't you go home and pick up a broom? Get back to Puerto Rico, Alex. Pick up a broom. Get your little tool belt on. Start making some changes, brother. I mean, it's no reason to celebrate. Who's got time for who's got time for baseball when the entire island is devastated? You know, I don't appreciate Donald Trump's response to my home, which I love, Puerto Rico. Back home in Puerto Rico, the people expect more from the president. I want to do my best for the people of Puerto Rico, so I intend to stay here and manage the Boston Red Sox. This will give the inspiration the people of Puerto Rico need to rebuild their society. Would you like to meet the president? No, I don't think so. He has not done enough for the people of Puerto Rico. It's too soon to celebrate. And what are you doing for the people of Puerto Rico? Well, you know, I sent some baseball cards for the children. They really enjoy that. Uh, we had some spare hats. We had some spare hats in the merchandise hall. So I threw them in a box. I got one of the players to sign a shirt. Uh, I can't remember. One of the bench riders. <laughs> All the other stuff gets auctioned off, you know. You know, those limousines don't pay for themselves, right? Am I right? 
All right. Yeah, you know I'm right. Trump has repeatedly disparaged undocumented Latin American immigrants as criminals. <laughs> <laughs> undocumented Latin American. Are there any undocumented players in Major League Baseball by, by any chance? Just a thought. Um, how many players in Major League Baseball just wander in without any kind of paperwork, no scouting, right? No manager's notes from previous teams they've played for, just roll up onto the field one day and say, hey, I'm just like you. I'm an undocumented Major League Baseball star. You need to sign me up today and grant me all of the benefits that the established players have. Just because they've got documentation doesn't mean that they're more of a baseball player than I am. Right? I think we should open up the doors of Major League Baseball, especially the Red Sox, to undocumented players from around the world. I mean, have a little tolerance, right? It's awful when people say disparaging things about undocumented Latin American immigrants, which is a new one, which is code for illegal immigrant, which is code for next baseball fucking superstar. The president also said there were very fine people on both sides of the 2017 clashes between white supremacists and counter-protesters in Charlottesville, Virginia. Now, what the fuck does that have to do with baseball? <laughs> Every article, every single article. Like it's some there's some staff writer in the office of the Herald typing up their little report about how all of the coloured folk didn't want to meet that nasty Nazi president. You know, typing, oh yes, Alex Cora, he's from Puerto Rico, he wasn't happy, he didn't want to celebrate, da da da. And you can just see the editor like just leaning, you feel the breath on your back of your neck in it like a Biden-esque move. You can just feel the editor behind you and you and you shift around like this. Oh, it's like, Johnson, how are you going? How's that How's that baseball report coming along? Oh, good, sir. It's nearly finished. Now, have you managed to squeeze in another reference to the Charlottesville massacre? Uh, no, it's, it's about the baseball team. Don't worry about that. Have you mentioned that Donald Trump's a racist? Yes, I have. Twice. Twice in three, in three paragraphs. You'll be pleased to know. Good work, Johnson. Just just tack it on to the end of the last paragraph when you make another reference to racism. Just just slip it in there. That's that's the that a boy. That a boy. Good job. <laughs> you have to go all the way down to the bottom of the article here because it gets into Puerto Rico, apparently. Uh, we still have a long ways to go. That's our reality. It's pretty tough, you know, to go celebrate. Yes, two years later. Look at this, right at the end of the article. And we know from studies that most people don't read the ends of articles. They read the headline and they read the opening part and then that's about it. So if you do manage to get to the end of this article, you'll be pleased to find this. One player of Cuban descent, a Cubano, ladies and gentlemen, who attended, designated hitter JD Martinez, told reporters before making the trip that it would be an honour. It's the White House, Martinez said. Not a lot of people ever get to go there, so I'm really excited about it. The Cuban. The, the, the player of Cuban descent, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't get to be called a person of colour, funnily enough. He's just one of those filthy capitalist Cuban refugees, I think. <laughs> He's obviously a Nazi as well. I mean, who, who... like? It was just, remember, it was just a bunch of white people that showed up. Almost entirely white, except for one Cuban. But he doesn't count. Fuck him. 
Mr. Trump, what are you doing for Puerto Rico? That reminded me about the whole Puerto Rico thing. Uh, it's all Donald Trump's fault, by the way. This is from the known right-wing conspiracy news service, CNN. You've heard uh, these shipping containers that are tied up, some 3,000 shipping containers tied up in the main port in Puerto Rico. Uh, we recently heard from the mayor of Cleo, San Juan for us. saying that she wishes she could... Uh, essentially open the gates and get those shipping containers to where they need to go, but she doesn't have jurisdiction over the ports. Uh-huh. Another problem is actually getting truckers to go pick those containers <laughs> up and take them to where they... <laughs> you know why they couldn't get truck drivers to move the goods from the ports to the people in need, ladies and gentlemen? Because they're all over there playing Major League Baseball. <laughs> Ding! Yeah, playing for the Boston Red Sox. I tell you, that Martinez boy, that Julio, he's a damn fine pinch hitter. I tell you what, can't get the truck drivers. They're all playing Major League Baseball. All undocumented, undocumented truck drivers making their mark in America's favorite pastime. It's a wonderful story when you think about it. More undocumented players in the Major League Baseball, please. Pretty please. All right. Let's get to your contributions from last Thursday. A little bit of catch-up, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for joining us straight off the bat. DTF, NetDrag, who obviously understands. I just I just want to let people know, um, this is obviously a very serious political show. Like, we do some very serious topics here. Now, if you're somebody who wants to, you know, engage in some kind of sarcastic cynical worldview where you know certain stories and certain perspectives don't get the utmost respect which they obviously deserve then you're going to be very disappointed here very disappointed here we like to deal in facts and you know we talk about things like quantitative easing foreign policy trade deficits the labor market and U.S. man who chopped off his own penis and testicles to become a nullo says he enjoys intimacy more than ever. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> a man sliced off his own penis and testicles using an ultra-sharp ceramic knife. It would have to be ultra-sharp. No blunt knife. Imagine trying to hack it off with a blunt knife. God. So he could become a genitalia-free nullo and then kept his severed organ in the freezer until his mother threw it out. <laughs> why, why are you keeping your junk in the freezer? Is this off? How long has this been in here? Are you going to eat this or what? <laughs> Mum threw his dick out because he kept it in the freezer. There's the happy mother and the, the new Nullo right there posing for a picture. I suspect that's before she threw his penis in the trash. Trent Gates, a 23-year-old from Washington, D.C., removed his testicles in a DIY surgical procedure performed in his own apartment in April 2016 before chopping off his penis in a North Carolina motel room eight months later. See, now that's not fair. There's going to be blood all over everything. Why would you make the Mexican undocumented worker have to clean up the bedsheets after severing it? If you're going to sever off your own penis, at least do it in the bathtub or standing over the toilet. Okay? Gee, but that's, pardon the pun, but that's pretty ballsy. A DIY surgical procedure to remove your own testicles. 
Do you remember that movie? What was that movie? It was a true story about the guy who was trapped in between the... Remember the guy who was trapped under a rock and he cut off his own arm? This would be a tremendous sequel. <laughs> instead of instead of cutting off your own arm to remove yourself from a boulder, you're cutting off your own boulders to remove yourself from sex. I can't remember the name of that movie, but this this would be a fantastic way to follow it up. I can see Hollywood jumping all over this. It should be played in every middle school. <laughs> An inspirational story. Gates, who said he sanitized the blade for safety. <laughs> because you've got to be safe. When you're, when you're lopping off your own Johnson, you've got to make sure that you take the necessary safety precautions. <laughs> Check the blade. No burrs. Sanitize that sucker. He got it caught in the drawer. <laughs> Gates, who said he sanitized the blade for safety and took only painkillers in preparation, was inspired to perform the radical procedure after seeing another famous nullo called Gelding at the age of 15. Can I ask you something? Why is it that we have to remove certain, not just personalities, but websites, Facebook groups, right, message boards, why do we have to remove certain things of a certain, would you say, inspiration to a certain select group of people based on the actions of one or two of those people out in the real world? Do you see what I'm getting at here? After certain world events, certain tragic events, you might say, where people get hurt and sometimes die, perhaps. Then the, the witch hunt is on, right? We have to hunt down. Where did these people get these ideas from? Where did these people figure this shit out? Wherever that wherever that stuff comes from, whatever website that happens on, I want it banned. I want to throw it, throw, throw it out. Get rid of it. But for some reason, when somebody reads something on the internet and wants to lop off their own dick as a direct, like actually quoting the website, yes, I was inspired to remove my own penis and testicles because I was I, I saw this amazing humanitarian story of another kid who did it when he was 15. But we don't want to tear that, do we? We're like, yay! <laughs> Can we turn it into some kind of uh, educational material, perhaps? It's very tolerant. A nullo, also known as a smoothie, is someone who has undergone extreme body modification by having their genitals and sometimes nipples surgically removed. The subculture does not necessarily relate to the person's sexuality, though many consider themselves eunuchs. Well, it doesn't matter if you consider yourself. That's one form of personality identity that's not going to pass muster. Yes, I've cut off my own penis and testicles, but I consider myself to be John Holmes. Sorry, bro. It's not going to work. I know you are. you can be what you feel now, but unfortunately, if you do remove your penis and testicles, then whether you feel like it or not, you are a eunuch. That's like, it's pretty, it's pretty absolute. Once you get to the, once you get to the sharpening the knife stage, it's like you've already made your decision. I used a ceramic knife because it's sharper than steel, less ripping and tearing. The IT worker told Metro Online, adding that he took every precaution before surgery and went to the hospital immediately afterwards. Why not do? <laughs> What? I would have gone to hospital. How about go to hospital before you'd cut your dick off? How's that for a fucking idea, mate? No, no, I did it safely. 
I sanitized the blade. I made sure it was sharp. And as soon as I cut my dick off, I went straight to hospital. Why, why not go to hospital beforehand and say, I'm consider cutting my dick off. Can I get some help? There's an idea. I honestly didn't have a problem with the pain. I used a little bit of numbing agent and a little bit of lidocaine on it. And I took about five milligrams of oxycodone that they prescribed me when I did my balls to take the edge off. The same surgeon stitched him up on both occasions. He told Metro, they made sure I got psychiatric treatment just to make sure I was sane and that it was a good decision. (laughs) (laughs) The therapist and psychiatric staff said, yeah, yeah, he's good. He's sane. Miraculously. That's a red flag there. That's a red flag. When you get the all clear from the psychiatrist, yes, I think it would be a good idea for you to sit on your own bed and remove your penis with a knife yourself after taking oxycodone and, you know, wiping a little bit of numbing agent on it and then get your, just make sure you get yourself off to hospital as soon as possible, okay? I think it's a tremendous idea. I think this is going to do wonders for your personal development. <laughs> I endorse this action. Can we get the name of the psychiatrist who put their name to this? To help him recover from the procedure, Gates inserted a catheter for several weeks to ensure there was a hole through which he could urinate. When he removed his testicles, it took around a month for the wound to heal, while the area where his penis once was took three weeks. Explaining why he felt compelled to do the surgery, Gates said he always felt somewhere between man and woman and androgynous in between. So, you know, pardon my uh, coarseness here, but why not then just... Why, if you feel somewhere between a man and a woman, somewhere in between, isn't that isn't that supposed to be the best possible scenario for you know people who don't really know? Because now you can just fuck everybody, right? It's like I don't know. I sometimes I feel like a man, sometimes I feel like a woman, so I just stick my dick in everything. <laughs> I thought that was the big bonus. I thought that was the plus. Like regardless of whether it's a sausage fest. Or it's just you know people like a you know a rom com viewing, then you can get laid regardless of what the audience is. He's gone the other way. I didn't. I wasn't sure if I felt like a man or a woman, so I want to make sure that I never have sex with anyone ever again. I mean, he he means it at least. I can think of a certain celebrity, ladies and gentlemen, who has announced that they are going to be posing nude for some magazine. And I just think to myself, you know, if only you had, if only you really meant it, surely you would take this step. I mean, let this be an inspiration to all of the people who are questioning, uh, all of the people who might be a little unsure, or, you know, let this be, an, I, want, I want this guy in every school. Are you a confused young person, not sure where you fit in? Sometimes you feel like a man, sometimes you feel like a woman. Well, perhaps this story of inspiration might lead you to do something wonderful to improve your life. Psychiatrists approve removing your own genitals in a procedure as long as you get to hospital and as long as you make sure it's a nice, sharp, sanitized ceramic knife. I mean, it would solve a lot of problems, say, 20, 30 years down the track, don't you think? When it comes to things like reproduction and whatnot. I mean, don't, let's not, we don't have to support abortion. Forget about abortion. Don't support abortion. Support self-testicle removal. I think it's a tremendous idea. 
Well done. Thank you for that article, DTF. Bloody brilliant, mate. Uh, Beth, we did the McDonald's. We did the White House speech. We did CNN. We did Jerry Nadler. We did Baltimore. That's where we got up to with uh, Donna Brazil. I did I did that CNN clip on Trust and Verify, so I don't really want to do it again. Um, Florida man arrested for having I eat R sticker on truck. Let's have a look at this. Perhaps another contender for the androgynous nullos. A Florida man. Oh, ladies, it's another it's another installment of our favorite segment. What the fuck is going on in Florida? <laughs> um, not so much. Aussie Nick, thanks, Jordan. Think about how many abortions there wouldn't be. Exactly. Exactly. See, people are worried. If people are concerned about little babies coming out and not getting fed and not getting the love they need, so they need to be aborted in order to avoid the lack of love and the lack of compassion. Let's take it one step further. Let's cut off the problem at the source and just remove the penis. I think it's a fantastic idea, don't you? A Florida, and it's a lot cheaper. I mean, you can do it in your own home. There's no need to fund Planned Parenthood. Let's just hand every 15-year-old boy a, a, a steak knife and say, have at it, son. Here, put, put the balls in the bucket and then pop yourself off to hospital, get yourself stitched up. Don't worry, the psychiatrists think it's a fucking fantastic idea. You can't go wrong. We have approval. A Florida man is claiming his First Amendment rights were violated after he was arrested on Sunday for sporting an I Eat Ass sticker on his truck, which is apparently a violation of the state's obscenity law. Dear, oh dear. Those bigoted, awful, bigoted, <laughs> arsophobic Floridians, ladies and gentlemen. According to the Lake City Reporter, 23-year-old Dylan Shane was pulled over on Highway 90 after an officer with the Columbia County Sheriff's Office spotted his I Eat Ass sticker on the back of his Chevrolet truck. Maybe he eats donkey. Maybe he was an Eastern European. Some kind of gypsy individual. A Romani. I eat ass. I like it lightly sautéed with a side of field mushrooms. And a nice uh, bruschetta to go with it. Perhaps a white wine. White wine goes best with the ass. The deputy claimed the sticker violates Florida Statute 847011, which deals with... Wow. I'm, I'm not sure if these uh, statutes are counted. Like I'm, I'm not sure if that's a numerical um, you know, indication there, 847011. But I hope it's not. I hope they don't have 850,000 statutes on the books. When the deputy confronted Webb and a passenger about the sticker, Webb said they were just words. It's just words, bro. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Last of registration. I couldn't help but notice as you were driving past that you had a I ass written on the back of your truck. Well, yes, sir. But them's just words. They're just words, you see. Yes, I can see that they're just words, but... Do you understand that you are potentially in violation of Florida Statute 847011 of the obscenity laws? I'm going to have to ask you to step outside your vehicle. But these just words, officer. They just words. They ain't hurt nobody. Do you eat ass, sir? <laughs> 
The deputy asked how Webb, a parent of a small child, would explain the meaning of the words. Oh, it's always, we're always good. Somebody think of the children. Somebody please think of the children. The children who are watching hardcore pornography at the age of five, engaging in uh, Nazi-like shaving of the head and goose-stepping around the kitchen by the age of eight and becoming synagogue shooters by the age of 13. Yes, think of the children. What uh, I eat ass? How the hell are we going to explain that to them? If you're lucky, that should never come up with your children because by then, hopefully, your children would have already worked themselves toward uh, planning how to remove their own penis and testicles anyway if they read any of the Nullo stuff that's floating around out there. So I've been told. So I've been told. And psychiatrists are in favour of it. In an effort to make the sticker slightly less offensive, the officer then instructed Webb to remove one of the letters. Webb refused and refused and cited his First Amendment right to announce to the world his love of eating ass. <laughs> Webb was then booked at Columbia County Detention Facility. It's safe to say this case is about to get tossed. And yes, I've got a follow-up for you. The Florida man arrested for his I Eat Ass sticker might sue the sheriff's office. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. I fought the law and the law won. I fought the law and the I eat ass. This is a story of a man, a man fighting for his right to tell the world that he eats ass. Look at this brave. This guy's a patriot, I tell you. Forget your flag waving. Forget about your wall. Forget about your MAGA and all those red hat fucking phonies. This is a patriot right here. This guy gets it. This is how you fight the power. This man's a fucking hero. A Florida man arrested this way. I don't, I don't like people suing people either. I don't like lawfare. I don't like, you know, we are, we are way too litigious as a civilization now. It's not just an American thing. Even though the laws are a little bit different here, I'm sure it's the same in the UK as well. Everybody's always trying to sue everybody. And I fucking hate it. But on this occasion, I'm like, oh, yeah, you go. You go, girlfriend. You, 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 you be proud of eating that ass. I know you like to eat that ass, boy. You don't let that sheriff push you around. Tell him how much you love eating that ass. God damn it. Now the man is threatening to sue the sheriff's office for violating his First Amendment rights. Dylan Shane Webb, 23, was stopped Sunday on a highway in Lake City, west of Jacksonville, by a Columbia County Sheriff's deputy who saw a sticker on his rear window that read, I eat ass. Dash cam footage, uh, footage, can we get the, oh, we've got the dash cam footage, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Oh, yes, please. Okay, let's see it unfold. I didn't know we had this. Let's just pull him over. <laughs> I've just been soundbited. Hello, gentlemen. My name is Deputy English. Hey, man, the reason I'm pulling you over is your uh, derogatory sticker on the back of your truck. Derogatory? Who's it derogatory to? If anything, it's complimentary, isn't it? I mean, it says, I eat ass. That would, that would imply, that would infer a level of appreciation for ass. And if you appreciate something, you're not being derogatory to it. Now, if he had something like, I hate your ass, 
then you could say, well, that's derogatory, right? But he loves ass. He wants to eat it. He wants to chow down on ass from morning till night. How's that a derogatory term? How's it not derogatory? It's words. It's words, okay? What do those words mean? It's ass. I eat ass. <laughs> that fucking annoys me, though. The cop says, you know, that's derogatory. And he, the, the guy quite rightly says, how is that derogatory? And then the cop answers with a question by saying, how is it not derogatory? But you can't, you can't ask, how is it not? So now he has to explain how it's not something. He got pulled over because it was something, right? You don't get pulled over by coppers and then have to explain why you're innocent. You get pulled over by coppers and it's up to them to explain why you're guilty, right? Why you did something wrong. What the fuck is this? Getting pulled over and then having to explain how you didn't do anything wrong. That's not the way it works. How's it derogatory? How's it not derogatory, gentlemen? What, what the fuck? Did I pull you over, sir? What the fuck is this? <laughs> Did I pull over your fucking car or what? Who's who's the policeman here? Okay, so some 10-year-old little kid sitting in the passenger seat of his mama's vehicle looks over and reads it, i.e. asks and asks his mom what it means. How's she going to explain that? That's the parents' job. Is this guy going above and beyond his jurisdiction? Is he going, you know, outside the bounds of his duty here? He's given the guy a moral lecture. Oh, what about the 10-year-old girl? What about the 10-year-old girl that's sitting next to her mama in her mama's car? And she reads, I eat ass. How's the parent supposed to explain that? It's like, I would have said, well, my kids always travel in the trunk with a blindfold on and gagged. So, you know, it wouldn't be an issue in my household, you know. Then I'd be shot, obviously, because it's America. <laughs> okay, let me see your driver's license and your registration. So you got ID on you also? Cop is being an asshole. There's consensus in the so, chat. Make America moral again. Yes, Joe Biden loves eating ass. See, Joe Biden would definitely be on this guy's side, I think. But yes, well, I, I do want to make America moral again, but God damn it, I love to chow down on a nice, big, juicy chunk of ass from time to time. <sighs> smells so good. Smells so good down there. Smells Smell like your cow ate rose petals. These guns are knives. Large amounts of U.S. currency. Dead bodies are hand grenades. My hero, Constable Care over here. Corporal punishment. Look, look at this. Did they cuff him? They cuffed him. Can I check you for weapons? Look at this little shit. Look at this little guy. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I support the police. I. It's a thankless job, and police do tremendous work. You know, I have people in the force in my family, but this, no, sorry. This is an angry little man with a badge who's like, I thank you for fucking protecting the community over here. 
Thank you. Thank you, officer. Oh, my fucking hero. Hey, look at him. <laughs> what are you giving the guy a pat down now? Yeah, oh, yeah. This is this is top notch police work here. Thank you for thank you for patrolling the streets, keeping the community safe, officer. Is there a problem? I'm just explain it to you. Step back here. In front of my patrol car. Here's your driver's license back. Here's your buddy's ID back. All right. Here's your proof of insurance and your registration. Look at okay. That haircut. Listen to me. What you have on the back of your window, okay, is a misdemeanor in the state of Florida, okay? I have four kids. A 14-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 4-month-old. If my 6-year-old was to look at me and be like, Dad, what does I.E. ask me, okay? I'd be furious, all right? And the way if my 6-year-old was to ask me an unfortunate question, if my 6-year-old was to ask me an awkward question about sex or sex-related words, then I would be angry at you. <laughs> I would not do, do my responsibility as a parent and try to navigate that minefield as innocently as possible without shattering their hopes and turning them into a bitter, embittered, twisted, cynical person before their eighth birthday who more than likely will try to cut off their own genitals in a hotel somewhere. I won't do that. I'm going, I'm going to uh, outsource my responsibility to the guy driving the truck minding his own business who has I eat ass written on the back of his window. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. Angry little man. An angry little policeman. Webb was issued a summons for what the sheriff's deputy said was a misdemeanor violation of Florida's obscene materials law. There he is in his prison oranges, his prison pajamas. Disgusting. Having evaluated the evidence through the prism of Supreme Court precedent, it is determined that the defendant has a valid defense to be raised under the First Amendment of our United States Constitution. Given such, a jury would not convict under these facts. Webb's lawyer, Andrew Borderand, who must have thought, oh my God, this is the easiest fucking case I've ever had to try in my entire life. Honey, it looks like we're getting that speedboat. Some idiot police officer just pulled over this guy for having I eat ass written on the back of his truck. You're not going to believe it. Tell the Mitchelsons we'll be at the Hamptons. <laughs> I'll bring the wine. It's going to be wonderful. Border had noticed that the dash cam footage shows the deputy at first telling his client that the sticker was derogatory instead of obscene. He also highlighted that at several points, one of the deputy's colleagues can be heard telling him via the radio, tow his shit. They wanted to tow his truck away. Yeah. 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 The thin blue line. Not only were they wrong on the law, but they happened to be hypocrites. Border had said Webb's sticker didn't satisfy the rigorous standards to be found uh, found to be obscene, typically refers to something that is erotic in nature. The bottom line is that he and his friends thought it would be funny and he couldn't end up in jail for making a joke like that. He shouldn't end up in jail for making a joke like that. There you go. Fantastic stuff. So he's he's thinking about suing them, and he should. He should. And he should walk into court with a shirt that says, I eat your ass, written on it, as he's making the sheriff's department just hand over cash for this embarrassing fuck-up. Of course, then I wouldn't go driving around during the day anytime for at least six months after that happened either, because you just know that angry little policeman is going to be on the hunt for you every single time you step out your front door, just waiting for you to run a red light, just waiting for you to double park. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he can, so he can hit you with the fucking taser. 
That would absolutely be happening. But a good story, nonetheless. This one comes from Amber. Oh, this is good. People are giving themselves nostril extensions for some reason. For years, men and women have been trimming, waxing, and otherwise removing the hairs poking out of their nostrils. But what would you say if I was to say the whole thing was unnecessary? I would say, you're lying. Shut up. Stop being a fucking liar. This is absolutely necessary and don't you dare say it isn't. That's what I would say. Because actually having super hairy nose hairs is now desirable. So desirable, in fact, people are even giving themselves nose hair extensions. Lovely, huh? And all of the octogenarian gentlemen in nursing homes around the world very, very slowly rose to their feet with the aid of a cane and jumped for joy before falling over and breaking their hips. No longer do they have to trim their nose hairs. They've suddenly become a hot property. Well done, lads. Well done for sticking it out. We knew the trend would come back around eventually. We knew that one day nose hairs, unsightly, ungodly nose hairs would once again be sexy. Make nose hairs sexy again. I love to eat ass. <laughs> yeah. You know, back in my day, nose hairs were considered a sign of wisdom. And, you know, the most the most wise men in our community would have nose hairs down to their pelvis. And, of course, it came in very handy for cleaning up after eating ass. These days, the, the children are quick to remove their genitals before they even know what to do with them. Having the laser hair removal surgeries... They don't know that maybe one day it might be popular to have a penis and nose hair again. But we knew better. People of my vintage, we know that fashion is cyclical. Cyclical. I mean, we've seen our fair share of odd beauty trends over the years, haven't we? From ants in fingernails to bow brows. But I think this might just pip it in terms of weirdness. Yeah, I would. I would. The nose hair extensions tag on Instagram is a real treat for hair fans with lots of delightful photos of women showing off their hairy nostrils and don't they look great. Indeed, they do. Well done, ladies. I Again, I'm very happy for the ladies in our society who are completely obsessed with making themselves less attractive to the opposite sex because they're removing themselves from the pool and therefore, nobody has to waste any time trying to get into their pants. And if, lads, if their nose hair is that, how the hell do you think they're doing downstairs? Just a thought. Just a thought. Microsoft Word is getting politically correct. This one coming from Kimmy Jong-un. This ought to be fun. Microsoft will soon preview a version of Word that will use artificial intelligence to make your writing not just grammatically, but politically correct. What could go wrong? Microsoft doesn't call it a political correctness check, no, because we're being politically correct. They would probably call it some kind of, would you say, offensiveness filter. This is, a, this is an offensiveness filter check. We wouldn't call it a political correctness check. That would be politically incorrect. Let's call it a protecting the feelings of our customers check. But that's essentially what it is. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Actually, Microsoft calls it ideas in word. Oh. 
<laughs> completely nothing, completely, completely irrelevant to the actual thing that it is. Which refers to a series of AI-driven features that help you format your document and write better. For instance, Word will decode acronyms for you and tell you how long it'll take to read a given document. It'll also underline words or phrases that sound insensitive and suggest corrections. Ladies and gentlemen, Microsoft Word, the computers now have feelings. It's like a little paper. Remember the little paper clip? Like if you're young, if you're too young, you will never, you won't know what the hell we're talking about here. But there used to be a, th- a little paper clip that would come up and make little suggestions as you were writing. And that was what? That was nearly 20 years ago that they had that in Microsoft. But could you imagine writing a little letter to somebody and saying, um, well, so here's some suggestions here. Mailman, that's offensive. Congressman, that gets changed to mail person or congressperson. If you use the term gentleman's agreement, it may suggest you use unspoken agreement instead. No, no, gentleman's agreements are still spoken. Otherwise, how the hell would we know that there's an agreement? <laughs> since, since when did a gentleman's agreement become a mute agreement? That's news to me. I might be signed up to a whole bunch of gentlemen's agreements unspokenly right now and be none the wiser. One day somebody might just show up at my house and take my car. We had a gentleman's agreement. It's unspoken. Haven't you read word? I sent you the letter. We had an unspoken agreement. But yeah, just imagine you're writing. So you want to write a letter to your congressman who happens to be a man. Dear congressman. And it pops up and says, do you really think you should be such a, such a bigot? Wouldn't you like to be a little less sexist in, this, in the writing of this letter? Hi. I see you're writing an angry letter to your congressman. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be less of a homophobe or a genderphobe or whatever fucking phobe it is? <laughs> don't you think you would get a little more... Don't you think you would get a little more respect if you weren't such a prick? If you describe someone as a disabled person, the AI would suggest person with a disability. Oh, yes, more words. We need to add words now. See, once upon a time, good writing was being able to convey a certain premise or a certain argument or whatever it is you're trying to do, tell a story concisely. So especially when it comes to like official writing for official documents like textbooks or, you know, anything in politics or any job where you have, you know, you work for a company, companies have writers whose job it is to take, you know, a book's worth of information and boil it down to five pages so people in the boardroom can read it, right? So that was always a talent as being able to write with as few words as possible and still convey the same meaning. Now we have to add words, which is completely ass backwards retarded. <clears throat> the inclusiveness checks are a part of a larger group of refine my writing tools that also include clarity, conciseness, punctuation, and sensitive geopolitical terms. I don't even use Microsoft Word when I write stuff. I use a different program called Jarte and you can get it for free. And the... You know, these little, they, they have similar things, you know, refine my right. I always have them all off, unchecked, because I don't I don't want your help. I, I, I tell you what to put on the screen. You don't tell me. Fuck off. <laughs> I tell you what words I want. You type them out. That's that's our fucking deal here. When it when I want a co when I want a ghostwriter, I'll hire one. For that last one, the AI's models look for phrases that may be hard to understand by or that might be offensive to someone in another country or culture, Microsoft says, wow. 
So they're even going to change your local little phrases and colloquialisms in order to be appealing. Like, hi, I see you're writing a letter to your friend. Do you understand that somebody who lives in Nepal isn't going to know what you're talking about? By the way, you mentioned a mailman. Don't you think it would be a little bit better if you weren't such a sexist bastard? Don't you think that would be better? We're through the looking glass here, people. It's not enough. It's not enough that they can um, exert some kind of social pressure and social control on the words once you've written them. They actually want to control the words before you put them down on the paper. Believe it or not. We did that one, Kimmy. Thank you very much. From Ducks Regionus, Disney put more than $400 million into Vice Media. Well, that's proving that just because you're good at drawing cartoons doesn't mean you know what the fuck you're doing. A now familiar story, investors say they overhauled a high-flying digital publisher. Just a few years ago, big media companies were falling over themselves to bet on Vice Media. Disney made the biggest bet by putting more than $400 million into the swashbuckling digital publisher. Now, Disney says all of the money it put into Vice has been incinerated. <laughs> In investor filings Wednesday... Disney said it no longer thinks it will ever get any return on the investment it made in Vice, a company that at one point was supposedly worth $5.7 billion. But Disney's, uh, Disney's accounting decision is yet another example, perhaps the most stunning one, of the turnabout we've seen in digital media over the past few years. Yes, you know why there's a turnabout in digital media? Because these companies like Vice are producing utter shit. That's why they're producing shit that nobody wants to watch. There are only so many times that you can do promotional documentaries about young boys who like to cut off their own penises, uh, underprivileged gay rappers, uh, you know, the, the nose hair, the nose hair feminists. That'll be a future. Somebody's already earmarked that for a future documentary. It's only you can only go back to that well so many times before people will instinctively shut it off. And to be honest, the audience for these kinds of documentaries and these kinds of angles in media is shrinking all the time, not necessarily because they're, you know, snapping out of it or growing out of it or attaining some kind of common sense, but because if you've been, you know, absorbing, you know, self-genital mutilation online for the last five years, then all of a sudden that's not hard enough anymore. You know how they like to make these arguments that, Oh, somebody will start watching, say, Ben Shapiro, for example, on YouTube. Next thing you know, they're a Nazi. Like, they just they just funnel right in. It's like a gateway drug. They funnel right into white supremacy. The same thing applies on the left. If you've been absorbing, you know, if the logic is true, and I'm not saying the logic is necessarily true, but if the logic is true, then the same would apply on the left. If you've been absorbing self-genital mutilation for five years, then that's not going to be good enough anymore. So the companies like Vice and etc. have to go increasingly insane in order to retain their audience and get new audience. Because there's plenty of people out there doing some pretty fucked up shit. I mean, outside of the people watching it for the freak show element, who the fuck is watching this stuff? Really? Ass hair extensions, so I eat ass man is turned off. That's potentially that could potentially happen, Sinsect. Here's a partial roll call. Mike, which raised more than $60 million, sold for less than $5 million late last year. Mashable, which was valued at $250 million in 2016, sold for less than $50 million in 2017. 
The properties formerly known as Gorka Media, plus The Onion and other sites, just sold for a price that's likely well below $50 million. Univision, isn't that the Spanish news network? The TV conglomerate, which sold them off, had paid $135 million for Gorka sites alone in 2016. There you go. It's like the dot-com bubble all over again. People were coming out with like trendy little little documentaries, trendy, edgy little documentaries, and they thought, this is going to last forever. These things are going to be popular forever. We better get in now. Have you got 400 million? Throw it in, quick. We'll make a billion dollars out of this. And then in two years, gone. Gone. From Lady Fritzer, restaurant under fire for adding aardvark pizza to its takeaway menu. Let's have a look here. I don't see any problem with it. On Wednesday, May 8, a Kilmarnock in Scotland, a Kilmarnock restaurant claimed to have made history by becoming the first eatery in Scotland to serve up aardvark. Interestingly enough, if you know anything about Scottish cuisine, that would instantly become like a three Michelin star ingredient right there. Aardvark, you mean that filthy little animal that crawls around in its own shit and eats dirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mwah. It's better It's better than the shit we've been eating for the last thousand years up here. I tell you, I tell you what. Indian Accent Restaurant added a rather unusual item to their menu in the form of a spicy aardvark pizza, which the price of which ranges between £6.50 and £11.50. The restaurant's head chef, Answer Anton, 43, revealed to the Daily Record that the dish was made with green chili, spicy chicken, lamb mince, and of course, aardvark. He said he had created it in order to offer customers something different and unique. Different it is. Spicy aardvark pizza. Done. Looks, looks fantastic, doesn't it? Looks wonderful. I'd, I'd eat an aardvark. I would die a happy man if I could eat every single animal on earth at least once, wouldn't you? Like, don't get me wrong, I don't want to kill them all. I don't want to wipe out all of the animals, but I would like to, like, if I had the money, if I if money was no object, if I had Trump money, I wouldn't be serving, you know, these visiting teams, Big Macs and Quarter Pounders and Domino's Pizza. I would be saying, you know, go to the furthest fl- go to the furthest reaches of the known world and bring back like, you know, like a kind of Darwin ex- ex- uh, exhibition. Expedition, pardon me. It's getting late. Bring bring back as many animals as you can and serve them up. Well, here you'll find an incredibly rare flamingo which we've lightly crisped and served with some lovely soy sauce. Uh, over here is an aardvark, which has been uh, lightly braised and then baked onto a wood fire pizza. And over here, you'll find our blue whale fondue, which I think you'll love particularly. Why not? One of every animal. That's all. That's all I want. Nothing. Nothing drastic. Just bring me one of every animal. Speaking to Mail Online, they explained it was really bizarre. A woman in a white coat and a hairnet said she was an inspector and wanted more information on the aardvark pizza. She said she needed to know where it was from and if they had documentation. Oh, undocumented ingredients now. Oh, dear. Isn't that funny? (laughs) We want documentation for the ingredients on our pizza. We don't want documentation for the people making the pizza. What a strange twist of events. 
New meaning, new meaning to concealed carry weapon. <laughs> Pinochet in the chat. I ate bitch a few times, but that came at an incredible cost. <laughs> a Florida woman pulled an alligator out of her pants. I would eat one of those too. I am Ocean Nathan, but I'm, do I'm also doing a lot of reading. So, you know, I'm good, but I'm not that good. I, I tend to only be able to, like, if I was if I was cross-eyed, I might be able to help you. But for now, I have to focus both eyes on one source of words at a time. If I did have, you know, an eye going each way, I might be able to read the screen with one and the chat with the other. I'm doing my best to, you know, flick between the two. But give me a chance. <laughs> a Florida woman pulled an alligator out of her pants. Uh, yes, another uh, Florida again, right? Part two of today's installment of what the fuck is going on in Florida. At a traffic stop on Monday, a strange move that might just rank on the state's list of odd reported crimes. This is going to sound horrible. Do you know, but you know how those always those stories of people getting shot prematurely, like the guy was taking a wallet out and he got shot or somebody was reaching for their car keys or a mobile phone and they get shot by police, right? I, you know, I almost wish she had been shot <laughs> because I would have loved to have seen the court case. It's like, okay, look, a wallet we can understand. The wallet's black, kind of looks like a gun. It was bright out there. The sun was in your eyes. Uh, the mobile phone, yeah, I could see that, especially if there's a little aerial on it. You know, you, you know in the heat of the moment, you might have mistaken that for a gun. How the fuck did you think this was a gun? <laughs> oh, sorry, she just reached in and just... Ariel Macken Lequeer, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, 25, was in the passenger seat of a vehicle around 3.30 a.m. in Punta Gorda when she was pulled over by the Miami, pulled over, the Miami Herald reported, citing an incident report from the Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. The department said the woman was asked if she had anything else in the vehicle and then proceeded to pull an alligator out of her yoga pants about one foot in length. Not, it's just a baby and placed it into the bed of a truck <laughs> see you, you 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 go for the pat down she's wearing yoga pants and yoga pants are pretty tight right so if you're going for the pat down careful careful officer you might lose a finger down there yeah right heard that one before ouch Laqueer, along with 22-year-old driver Michael Clemens, claimed they were trying to collect wildlife from underneath an overpass. Investigators said the woman also had 41 small turtles inside of a backpack. 41 turtles and an alligator. I was just saving them. I was protecting them, Your Office, Your Honor. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was going to put them on a pizza. And to that, I would say, bravo, young lady. Bravo. Australia misspells responsibility on 46 million new $50 banknotes. Oh, of course. Thanks, Australia. Thanks, Australia. Okay, somebody found a microscopic typo on the country's $50 note. Australia's high-tech polymer notes are among the most difficult in the world to counterfeit due to their extraordinary level of detail. Um, to my American brothers and sisters, 
This is a necessity when you come from a country that was literally founded by criminals. You have to make the money incredibly hard to forge because if it wasn't incredibly hard to forge, then everybody would have lots of money. <laughs> With the technology even being exported to other countries. Unfortunately, the notes aren't perfect, you don't say. The country's central bank has claimed mea culpa after an eagle-eyed radio listener noticed there was a microscopic typo on the country's new 50 Australian dollar note. Response, responsibility, responsibility. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to have responsibility. <laughs> how the fuck did he how the fuck did he discover that? This is a guy who upgraded 10 years ago from collecting stamps. Now he collects notes. He's collected all the stamps there are to collect and probably made a fortune doing it. Now he collects money. And he was sitting there with one of those one of those magnifying one of those eyeglass magnifying glasses that the jewelers use to figure out if it's a real diamond or not, checking every single word. Maybe he just pumped it through Microsoft Word, the new politically correct Microsoft Word. It is a great responsibility. Hi, I see you're writing a sentence on your new $50 note. Don't you think responsibility is a little too harsh? Wouldn't you like to say something about empathy instead? Bing! The Reserve Bank of Australia confirmed the spelling error saying they will correct at the next print run later this year. I wonder if it'll become worth more than $50. $51 of value, thanks to the typo. A man wanted to get rid of his wife, so he tried to bribe ice. I like this. You've got to go back. You've got to go back. He tried bribing an ice officer to deport her. Portland, Oregon. <laughs> What's going on in Portland? Antonio Oswaldo Borjos, 48, of Portland, was sentenced to four months in prison. Oh, God. Wouldn't you say, give me, can you, can you please give me life? I don't want to go back home to her. I was, I was trying to bribe an ICE officer to get her out of the country. What makes you think I want to be in here for only four months? I mean, can you give me 20 years? She might die in that time. I don't want to go back home in four months, officer. Please, have a heart. Can you deport me instead? Deport me. I'll go anywhere. Honduras, whatever. The sentence announced against Antonio Borjos is another example of the Office of Professional Responsibilities commitment to holding individuals, both internal and external, accountable for attempting to infiltrate, entice, or interfere with our workforce. Well, that's a fucking lie, especially when you consider it's coming from Portland, Oregon. We're not allowed to check undocumented immigrants in Portland, Oregon. We have a commitment to stop people infiltrating our workforce. Bullshit. <laughs> you say Donald Trump's wrong because half of the workforce is there undocumentedly. Lies. This is an important step toward restoring our public trust. Burgos said he will face the justice he deserves because of the coordinated efforts of the, justice, uh, the Department of Justice, Homeland Security Investigations, and our state law enforcement counterparts. According to court documents on May 24, 2018, Burgos followed an ICE deportation officer in his vehicle from the ICE office in Portland until the officer stopped in a parking lot in Vancouver, Washington. The defendant offered the officer money to deport his wife, who he had met in El Salvador and was in the process of divorcing. <laughs> the officer declined Burgess's officer uh, offer and reported the event uh, reported the event to the OPR. 
He offered to pay the officer $3,000. Yeah. Make it five. Make it five. <laughs> well done. I guess he figured if I pay if I pay the officer three thousand dollars, it's going to cost a lot less than half of the house, right? So it was a financial decision, not necessarily an evil one. And the last one from Kelly Fustos, who sent this through from Fox Ten in Phoenix. I'm sure everyone's heard about this now already. The guy who got a lifetime ban from the baseball. Take me out at the ball game. The person responsible for, for that gesture uh, will never be welcome back in Wrigley, at Wrigley Field. A Cubs fan will never get to step foot, as Theo Epstein just said, into the friendly confines of Wrigley Field again. The team has banned him from the ballpark after he was seen making what the Cubs call an offensive gesture during a live broadcast oh. of last night's game. The thing I find most amusing about this and I won't labor it too much because I'm sure everybody's already heard about this right now. Did you see how they had to... Anthony Ponce is live. Get to step foot as... See how they had to blur out the guy. He's doing like the, the okay sign, right? Which some fucking idiots walk around saying is a white power symbol. Because they're completely unaware that they've been memed into oblivion by somebody on the internet. But... They have to blur out this symbol because it's apparently so offensive. But we live in a time now where if the guy had have sat there behind this dude and literally given the finger to the camera, like, fuck you, nothing would have happened. There would have been no blurring. He wouldn't have got banned for life. See, the fuck you symbol, the, the fuck you finger symbol is now less offensive than the okay sign. It probably would have been it probably he probably would have been a hero because it would have been on the news and a cheeky Cubs fan made his presence known at the baseball tonight by waving a you know an an unceremonious gesture towards the camera. Apparently yes, Bill, apparently he's not a fan of the new management down there at the Cubs, and he wanted to make his presence known. He thought the players were underperforming. We spoke with the young man today. Yeah, I just wanted to say fuck you to the guy on TV. I don't like the new manager. He's a piece of shit. Well, there you have it, Bob. He's going to be back. Oh, look out, Cubs. Your fans are out there telling them, telling everybody what they really feel. Coming up next, a nine-inning stretch, right? But now because of this. Oh, look out there, Bob. Just behind the bleachers, we've got ourselves a white supremacist. Yes, Bill. Apparently, there's a lot of white supremacists now here around here in Chicago. Apparently, the club is taking a stand against the Nazis in the stands. We go to Lord J for this special report. <laughs> He's also not a fan of the management down at the Cubs, Bill. And says the pitching has been very Jewish today. The pitching has sucked, said the white supremacist. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sad. Could have given him the finger. No problem whatsoever. Say A-OK, -okay, get your ass out of there. Lifetime ban, you white supremacist pig. You Nazi. You're done. You're out of there. And we're done for another show. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. 
And of course, if you would like to give me a big middle finger or tell me about how much you're really upset with the Cubs pitching roster this year, I heard they let a young, lot of young good prospects go in the offseason. Very disappointing for the Cubbies fans, as you can see there, for the young Natsy, letting everybody know how he feels. If you'd like to do that, then you can do so by following me on Twitter. Don't forget, follow our friends, uh, James R. at Real Person, PLTCS, who comes on a couple of hours before I do for the best 15-minute data downloads on the interwebs. You've also got Chris Mack at ChrisMC44, who always has some very strange and interesting guests. Agree or disagree, you will always be slightly confused by the end of his show in a good way. And I just want to give a little shout-out, a little tip of the hat to to um, a show that I really like watching, which I think is on now, uh, Nightwave Radio on YouTube. So if you get a chance to watch that, a guy named Mersh, stand-up comedian, very funny guy. I was watching, uh, he's on another show, Revenge of the Sis. I was watching it earlier this morning. I just had tears streaming down my face as I was watching this thing. So if you're interested in a little bit of a late-night laugh, check out Nightwave Radio over on YouTube. Until next time, guys, thanks for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow. Stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Sitting Ducks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Nisi. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, Smokey. Thank you, RM Jones, Ducks Regionist General. Thank you, Kimmy Jogo. Be faithful. Thank you. Original Rev. UK Neil. Check out UK Neil as well. UK Neil giving you the latest on the upcoming European elections, the Brexit party. So check out UK Neil. He's a good follow. Give him a follow. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you, Follow Q. Don't forget the Discord. It's not too late. It's never too late. If you want to join the Discord, just head over to my timeline. There's a link there. Sign up. You'll love it. Thank you, Princess Di. Please remove your penis before you sign up to the Discord, though. I don't want any accidents. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Rox. All right, guys. Till tomorrow. Speak to you then. Good night.